Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. We're back in the book of Deuteronomy. We've been in chapter 1 starting yesterday. Moses has been giving the people sort of a, a refresher course on uh, on uh, their past history because this is the newer generation. They're now getting ready to enter the promised land. So we'll just do the high points today of some of the uh, readings and different uh, chapters here. We're going to finish up chapter 1 and just touch in in chapter 4. So the high points here are the in chapter 1, verse 34. The Lord heard your words and was angered, and he swore, Not one of these men of this evil generation shall see the good land that I swore to give to your fathers. Okay, so he's telling these kids now, the new generation, that your parents, you know, I told them they're not going to, you know, be able to go into this um promised land because of their evil hearts. Verse 36, Except Caleb, the son of Jephun, he shall see it, and to him and to his children I will give the land which he has trodden. Okay, so McGee makes the point that, you know, of course, Caleb was an example in in faith. He's going to be able to, to go into this land. He followed God's commandments. He had faith to do that. And God's going to give him the land which he's trodden. In other words, he's not just sitting on the couch praying. He's actually going out to do. And so that's an example for us to do, uh, for us also. McGee says sometimes we expect um, all we have to do is pray for something and it'll happen. But we have to pray, but as we're praying as we're, we're walking. It doesn't say as we're sitting, we have to walk too. So uh, even with me, verse 37, the Lord was angry on your account. Okay, Moses is talking about himself now. Even with me, the Lord was angry on your account and said, you shall not go in there. So in other words, remember that Moses didn't get a chance, didn't get to go into the promised land either. Verse 38 Joshua, the son of Nun, who stands before you shall enter. So Joshua's sort of taken over leadership from Moses. Encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. And as for your little ones, who said, 
who you said would become prey, and your children who today have no knowledge of good and evil, they shall go in there. And to them I shall give it, and they shall possess it. In other words, the parents were saying, well, we don't want to go into the promised land because we're afraid. Uh, and we're afraid because maybe our children will become prey or become captivated or captive, you know, in this foreign land with these foreign people. Uh, but it really wasn't their fear it was of about their children. It was just fear for their own skins. And they were sort of blaming it on the children. And God knows their hearts. And he says, well, you parents with the evil hearts and you've been disobeying me and grumbling and complaining. You're not going in the promised land. Moses, you've been angry and didn't do you didn't follow my commandments the way I ask you to do it. You're not going to get to go. Unfortunately, uh, but the children, the children had no knowledge of good and evil. McGee says sometimes that's why he believes little baby, bitty babies will automatically go into heaven because it's the same principle. You know, these children didn't have knowledge of good and either good and evil, and nor do the little bitty babies. So verse forty-two, dropping down, and the Lord said to me, "Do to say to them, do not go up." Or fight, for I am in your midst. Let you be defeated before your enemies. So after he tells these parents, you know, they're not going to get to go, a lot of them say, oh, now, 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 we'll go. You know, and don't go now because I'm not with you. And don't go presuming I'm going to be with you because you're going to get creamed. Verse 43, so I spoke to you and you would not listen, but you rebelled against the commandment or command of the Lord and presumptuously went up into the hill country. And then the Amorites who lived in that hill country came out against you and chased you as bees do and beat you down in Seir and in Hormah. And you returned and wept before the Lord, but the Lord did not listen to your voice or give ear to you. So you remain in Kadesh many days, the days that you remain there. Okay, so in other words, they weren't acting in faith. They acted in what they wanted. Going into chapter 2, verse 3, you've been traveling around this mountain country long enough. Turn northward and command the people you're about to pass through the territory of your brothers, the people of Esau. So in other words, after a while, God's saying, okay, Enough of this messing around, going in circles. I want you to head north. But now we're going into the land of Esau. And even though they're going to be afraid of you, you don't attack them because this is what I gave Esau. And he's sort of emphasizing that they are sort of have blood relationships. Okay. So do not contend with them. This is verse 5. For I will not give you any of their land. No, not so much as for the sole of the foot to tread on. Because I have given Mount Seir to Esau as a possession. Okay. So God's talking about boundaries. And he's talking about I've given the mountain. He doesn't call Esau Edom a, a nation or anything. He just says I've given this to Esau. Verse 7. For the Lord your God has blessed you. In all the work of your hands, he knows you're going through this great wilderness. These 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you and you've lacked nothing. God knows you're walking through trouble and we have to walk through wilderness or hard times. God knows it 
and he gives us what we need. He gives us the provision. The wilderness was there for a purpose for these folks. It was designed to try to correct their hardened hearts and to show them that without God being with them, all they are is going around in circles. And they are they're being sustained, but the wilderness instructs. Um, dropping on down into verse 20, but the Ammonites call them Zazumin, a people great in many, and they're tall. And so they're going through this uh, land of the Ammonites, and so they're going to be scared about it. Verse, Dropping down to verse 24, rise up, set out on your journey, and go over the valley of Arnon. Behold, I have given into your hand Sion, the Amorite king of Hezbon, and his land begin to take possession and contend with him in battle. So in other words, it's not just all about uh, praying about something. you got to work also. And so I think so many times Christians just think all I have to do is pray and something's going to automatically happen. you got to pray as you're walking. Pray as you're working for it. Not pray as you're sitting down. That's a hard lesson. Um, the prayer warriors have to do something, you know, also. They have to walk. So, uh, God has given you the possession. Um, so, we'll drop down in chapter 3, verse 11. The uh, big high point that McGee pointed out here is just how big these people are. For only Og, the king of Bashan, was left of the remnant of the Rephim. Behold, his bed was a bed of iron. It is not um, in Rabbath of the Ammonites. Nine cubits was his length and four cubits its breadth, according to the common cubit. That would be about 13 and a half feet long. That's a pretty tall bed. These are pretty tall people they're having to contend with. So now we're going to go down to chapter 4, verse 1. And now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the rules that I'm teaching you, and do them that you may live and go in and take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers, is giving you. You shall not add to the word that I command you, nor take from it that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you couple things as you go in to do what I'm telling you listen to the statues and do them so that you live that's how you live you listen to the statue listen to the Word of God and do the Word of God and live and go and take possession of the promises that I'm giving you don't add to the word. In other words, don't put your own wisdom in and don't take away from it. In other words, and don't ignore the word and don't put in what you want it to be. Keep the commandments that I give you. I've given you. I'm not giving them to you, just giving you. I'm commanding you to do them. What a big lesson for us today. And we can learn so many lessons of this people traveling through the wilderness, having to trust God for their possessions and their provisions. 
trusting God with everything they have. So we'll stop here. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your take on this study today. And as always, from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. And we'll see you here next time.